I want to consider this question, are you your brother's keeper? And we know we heard that word come from Cain at the beginning of creation, the beginning of the Bible. So let me take you to Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and understand this statement, my brother's keeper. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten, I have obtained a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a worker of the ground. So you can imagine what Eve must have felt, Adam and Eve, having a child because God had promised through the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman, God is going to crush the head of the serpent. So here's the firstborn, I've obtained a man. I mean, this is the first human being birthed between two humans, right? And so she's saying, wow, here's a, I've, I've obtained a man. And that's what the name Cain means, to obtain, to have gotten, and uh, to acquire. And so they acquired Cain. His name means to be gotten or acquired from the Lord. Then they had a child, and they named him Abel. His name means vapor or breath. Now, in the story, stories have so many dimensions to them. They have the surface dimension, they are the storytelling part, but there's a depth to it as well. And in the storytelling, Abel, it's interesting, is called the vapor. Because he's here, and then what? He's gone. Sad, but he's here, and then he's gone. You know, Abel doesn't have any words in the book of Genesis. We don't hear anything from him. We do from Cain. He's got an attitude, that boy. And so we hear from Cain. But what's interesting is that they had assignments to their lives. They're the first two children of Adam and Eve. And for Cain, he is to be a tiller of the soil, a cultivator, a laborer who worked in the fields and brought produce and learned how to cultivate the garden, right? Outside the garden. Abel was a keeper, a guardian of flocks, of the sheep. So abad means to cultivate or toil, and shamar means to keep or guardian of the sheep. And so that would make sense in an agricultural society. You need those two things. You need agriculture, fields, harvest, and you need livestock. And uh, so they did both of that. But what's really interesting is that that is exactly what God told Adam to do when he was in the garden. He was to keep and guard the garden and cultivate it. He didn't do those things, did he? In fact, God said this, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep, the same two Hebrew words, abad and shamar, to work or cultivate the garden and to guard it. And that's what they learned in how to produce a harvest outside the garden, what they learned in the garden on how to cultivate this uh, fruit and these trees and everything else he took out of the garden to learn how to cultivate but he failed at guarding it didn't he and so he assigned his sons to do the two things that he was supposed to do Adam was supposed to cultivate the garden he told Cain you're the cultivator now 
He was supposed to guard and keep the garden. He told Abel, you're to guard the flock. So this word for guarding the sheep, shamar, it's more than just being a shepherd. It means being the sheep door. In fact, we went over this just a couple of weeks ago when I talked about David. When David went to go fight Goliath, he found a keeper, a shamar for his sheep while he went to fight Goliath. You remember that? And his brother said, you just abandoned the sheep. And he didn't. He put a keeper. They're also known as the door. They're the ones that when the sheep come into the pen that is built, there is a door there, and the keeper or the guard of the flock lays down in front of the sheep to protect them from any wolves or anyone else or any wrong shepherd to come in and take and steal sheep. He had to go through the door. And that's what a shamar is. He's a keeper. Now, when we see the next scene with Cain and Abel, they're supposed to bring an offering to God. And Abel, the keeper, the guardian, brings alive a lamb to sacrifice. And he is a guardian of what God had instructed Adam and Eve. He's a keeper of worship to the Lord in a proper and well-established way. Cain, on the other hand, though he works the field, he brings his offering... There's a dispute whether it should have been a, a sacrifice of animal or not. There was offerings of wheat and harvest in the temple of the Old Testament, so it would seem to be legitimate. The problem, I don't think, was necessarily what Cain brought, but God said there was a problem with his heart. Sin is crouching at your heart's door. Let's try this again, Cain. Check your attitude and let's get it right. Cain had an attitude. He labored for his relationship. It's the difference between religion and relationship, isn't it? Abel guarded the relationship he had with God and he honored it. And Cain, the abad, the, the, the toil, the worker, he was working at his efforts. Here's your sacrifice. Here's what you want presented. I give you my tithe, you know. I'll give you what you want, and I should be fine. God said there's an attitude problem here. And he spoke to Cain about it. Now what's interesting is that word abad, as far as Cain and a laborer and a worker, that later was applied to the Levitical priesthood who were to bring uh, sacrifice and work to the Lord. And it was also a word that meant worship. But Cain was not cultivating worship, was he? There was a real problem there. And that's what he was supposed to do. The next thing we see is this, that Abel is missing. So they were out in the fields, and for some reason Abel came to see Cain, or Cain came to see Abel. One of the situations, it was after God had told Cain to readjust his heart and get it right with him and represent a sacrifice, and somehow, Cain got enraged and killed his brother Abel. As I see it, it's not in Scripture, but as I see it, I'm thinking in Cain's heart, you want a blood sacrifice? Here it is. You want a better sacrifice than I can offer? You always liked him better anyway. Killed him. Speculation. But the Lord says this, where is Abel, your brother? Because like a whisper, like a breath, 
he's gone. And Cain says this, am I my brother's keeper? But what's interesting is when you understand the meaning of their names and they understand the meaning of their jobs, Abel was the keeper. He was the, the shepherd. He was the keeper of the flock, the keeper of the things of God. And Cain said, I, am I my brother's shepherd? Am I my brother's guardian? What would be the answer to that, older brother? Yeah. Yeah. But in fact, he uses the very word of what Abel's supposed to be. Look at I'm the laborer. I till the ground. I do the work. Am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's shepherd? Am I supposed to watch over him too? I'm taking care of my life. This is my life. I live my life. I'm not responsible for anybody else but me. You hear that attitude anywhere? And that's the heart of Cain. Am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's keeper? And then the Lord said this, the voice, the breath of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. His name, Abel. Abel, the breath of, of what was in him is crying through his blood. You spilt a righteous man's blood. And that blood speaks. So even in death, Abel is speaking over to God the attitude of Cain. Even in his death, God is in relationship with Abel more than Cain. Because of the heart. Because of the act of approach to God. And he says, the breath of your brother, the word of your brother, the voice of your brother is crying. His blood is crying to me from the ground. Well, what is it crying? What is it crying? Vengeance? What is it crying? Justice? Well, John tells us what it is crying. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. What Abel's words and blood are speaking out is righteousness, right relationship with God, right relationship with God. It is crying out that the earth must be right with God. In relationship, in worship, and Cain is only concerned about himself, about his own labors and about his own life. And he is evil and depraved. And the question begs, am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's keeper? True righteousness says yes. To have rightness with heaven, we have to have the attitude of heaven for all those on the earth. Hebrews 12 says this, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, whose blood? His blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. There's a better blood than Abel. There's a greater righteousness that was spilt on this earth for us. 
So that now the question is asked again of the blood speaking from the earth. Are you my brother's keeper? And Jesus says, yes, yes, yes. God so loved the world, he gave the Son. Jesus is the keeper of the flock. Jesus is the guardian of the people. He's the one who saves mankind. His blood is greater than the blood of Abel because his righteousness was pure. Abel was born of a fallen man, Eve and Adam. But Jesus was pure and perfect. His blood cries out now from the earth, Are you my brother's keeper? Are you my brother's keeper? Are you my brother's keeper? Jesus says, yes. Now will the people of God do that. Jesus said, truly I say to you, I am the door, the keeper of the sheep. Jesus uses the very specific Hebrew word for keeper, shamar. I am the door. I am the guardian of the flock. I am the keeper of the sheep. That's who I am. What Abel was supposed to do, I have done. The righteousness brought before God, man killed him. Didn't didn't man kill Jesus? Don't you see that Cain and Abel is the story of Christ? He is the keeper of the doorway of heaven to earth through worship. And Cain blocked it off and said, no, I'll worship my way. I'll do it my way. Thank you, Frank. Sinatra. (laughs) Didn't we, all of us, didn't all of fallen man kill Jesus Christ? We have all gone astray. There's none righteous. No, not one. But the blood of Jesus is a more righteous blood than even Abel's is. And it cries out, I am the door. I'm the guardian. I am the keeper. I am the way of true worship. I am what is going to restore heaven to earth. And so we too must answer the question, are you your brother's keeper? Jesus said, I am the door to the sheep. All who come before me... uh, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. That was Cain. I came that they may have life and life abundantly. His blood speaks a better word than Abel's. And so... Are you your brother's keeper? I'm going to share some verses with you that will help you understand. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother or sister. Are you your brother's guardian? Are you your brother's keeper? Yeah. Yes. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have hatred towards another brother and sister, you're a liar. I didn't say it. John did. John's real black and white. If you say you love God and hate someone else, you're a liar. You don't love God. That could wipe out a large population of those who claim to be Christians. 
Are we to hate sinners because of their sin? Are we to hate people? No. We're the guardians of what comes from heaven into the earth. You're the door for the presence of the Lord to come. The attitude of Christ for all the lost comes from the church. We're the door. We can't hate people. And so we're the keepers, the guardians of our brothers and sisters and even those yet to be saved. We go on. God says this in Isaiah to the nation of Israel who were to be the gatekeepers, who were to be the doors over, the, over all the nations. They were to be the priests who were going to enlighten all nations. And he says, look, you want to fast, you want to do your religious things, it's the Cain and Abel story all over. You want to approach heaven, Cain, Abel, you want to approach heaven, do it the right way with the right heart. He says this about fasting in Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 10. Is not this the kind of fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds or the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Don't bring me your prayers. Don't bring me your salutations. Don't bring me your sacrifices if you can't do this to the least of these. Where is the true worship to God? If we're going to manifest a true worship and love to God, then the love of God must flow out of us back to others. Because otherwise we'll just be a Cain who brings the sacrifice on our terms, according to our religious statements. And again, we need to do this. God is raising up a new church a people who are following the heart of Jesus, not the restrictions of religion. He goes on, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with pointing a finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Blessings will follow. You know what? I'll, I, I can do that. I, I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks. I'll, I'll put 10 bucks for missions. He's, he's asking for more. He's not asking for your religious service. He's asking for your heart. And at the altar where Cain and Abel were, there was a heart check. And he said, Cain, something's wrong in your offering. Thanks for... Thanks for the corn and the wheat. Thanks for, the, for the, uh, la, the, the, the product you brought to the altar. Thanks for that. But I don't need to eat it. The altar is where your heart is exposed. And our altar, brothers and sisters, is everyone we meet everywhere. What are you offering them? A heart of Cain or a heart of Abel? Are you walking in righteousness? Proverbs says this, whoever chooses, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. 
See, this is a reciprocal thing. This is no different than grace, right? Communion when we celebrate. God, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Well, if we're going to be grateful that God forgives us of sins and we don't forgive other sins, we've got a problem. This is the same thing. Thank you, God, for meeting in me in my poverty of, of soul. Thank you, God, in meeting me in my poverty of mind and thinking and intellect. And if God is pouring into my life in my poverty, I should be helping someone else in theirs. We need to be reaching. This is God's heart for the brokenhearted, for those who are captives, those who are blind, those who are poor. What does Micah say? He's told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. Listen, everything I'm saying is an attitude and an action. It's not a belief. We have divorced our belief from our actions. You know how many people say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I know that story. I believe in Jesus. Yeah, he died on a cross. My sin's good. I'm fine. I'm glad you're fine. But it's not about you. It's really the litmus test between Cain and Abel. Cain believed there was a God. He communicated to him. He talked to him. He had a heart issue with him. I'm not going to give you what I want. I'll give you what I want. And he murdered. He was a murderer. And he shook his duty. Shirked his duty, I should say. So this is, this is intense, brothers and sisters. This is true Christianity. In fact, James puts it this way. You want pure, unadulterated undefiled religion or relationship before God the Father, then this is it. You ready for this? Speak in tongues, lay hands on the sick, prophesy, sing worship songs, read your Bible. No. No, that is not the heart of God. Are those things necessary? Yes, yes, yes. For the motivation to do what? Visit orphans and widows. Really? Are you serious? What's at the heart of orphans and widows? What is missing in an orphan's life? What is missing in a widow's life? A father, a spouse. Be the father. Be the big brother in this world. Be Cain, what Cain was supposed to be, the older brother, the one who set the example. Be the one who was supposed to have the right heart. Are, am I my brother's keeper, my brother's guardian? Yes, yes, and yes. Am I the guardian of all who are afflicted? Yes, yes, yes. Am I supposed to be the guardian of widows? Yes, yes. Am I supposed to be the guardian of orphans? Yes. Should I make it clearer? Am I supposed to care about the downtrodden? Am I supposed to care about the heroin addict? Am I supposed to care about the person who is just so utterly confused in gender identity? Yes, yes, yes. They're not your enemies. You're to be guarding them. You're to be coming to them and helping them out of the, the bondage they're in in Christ Jesus. They may reject you. They may hate you for it. They may spit on you. But it is the heart of Father to reach this generation. Or if not, 
what are we doing here? This is the heart of God, and this is the difference between Cain and Abel. Jesus said this, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because you can't, they can't repay you. But you'll be repaid at the re resurrection of the just. His blood is crying out from the earth. Jesus' blood is crying out. It's crying out for rightness. It's crying out to be a guardian of those who are broken. In fact, that's everyone. It's quite a task. I don't know if we can handle it. Well, I'll put my spirit in you so you can represent me. Nobody's going to pay you back, but I will. Oh, come on. Come on. How about that payback? How about that retirement plan? Huh? Talk about a 401k. Is that what you call it? 401? I don't know. I don't have one. 401. Talk about a 316 payback. Amen? Jesus says this to his disciples. Whoever is going to be the greatest among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This, this is it. You see, here's, here's the issue with, with the disciples. They were arguing among themselves who was the greatest out of the twelve. I wish I was there to hear this. You know, I mean, James and John, the sons of thunder, they wanted to sit at the right and the left hand of Jesus. We've got the boldness. We've got the power. We've got the strength. We should be sitting there. Peter says, look at he called me a rock. I'm supposed to be there. I'm the chief dude. I'm the head guy. Thomas, you're all losers. <laughs> Bartholomew, I dress better than all of you. I've got the cash and the relationships with the Levites. They're arguing, and he says, look at, wait, whoa, 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 Cain. You're bringing all the right words, but the wrong heart here. I know you're following me for three years, but it's the wrong attitude. You want to follow me? You have to be an able. You have to become a servant. Now, he had said previously that we're, uh, that we're to serve the brethren, but in this statement, he says, you must be... Uh, you must first be your servant among the brethren. And then he goes on, he says, uh, you must be a slave to how many? All. All. Your job is to be a keeper, a guardian of the love of God for the lost and for everyone. Tall order. How are we going to do it? The right worship to God. As Abel brought the right sacrifice, the right heart to God, it will enable you to be the breath of God, to be the word of God. That whether you're alive or dead, your testimony is to the righteousness of God. That's who we are. 
Now, let me cap it all off to bring it on home. It says in Matthew 25, 42, on the last great day, he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. And he said is this to the crowd. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick and in prison, you visited me. Now, to one group, he's going to say, you did that. To another group, he said, you did not do that. Again, listen to what is being listed. Am am I reading something wrong? Am I putting a bunch of scriptures together that, that don't make sense? Let me read it to you again. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was sick and in prison, you visited me. This is Christianity 101. And they asked the question, when did we do that? We didn't see you around. And he said this, and you know the answer. When you did this to the what? Least of these. The least of these. The least, the most wretched, the most forlorn, the furthest outcast. You pursued them and you did it for me, ultimately to me. Because my blood is crying out from the ground. Are you my brother's keeper? How many of you know? We need an attitude adjustment. We need an attitude adjustment. Are you your brother's keeper? Does Jesus' blood speak a better word than Abel? Yes, and louder. Jesus came for others. He was the guardian of caring for God's people, all people. He came for others. That's the one word that sums up the ministry of Jesus, others. He healed others. He cleansed others. He delivered others. He fed others. He had compassion on others. He tended to the needs of others. He died for others. He came not to be served, but to serve. Was Jesus the brother's keeper, guardian? Shepherd, yes. If you're going to claim salvation, you must claim this as well as John said. If you don't love them, you don't love God. So this morning, brothers and sisters, we're at the altar as Cain and Abel were. And John says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now that's the household of God. That's the family of faith. Our brothers and sisters, our Christians, we're to lay our lives down for each other here. I'm going to take it a step further because the blood of Jesus is more righteous than Abel. We're to lay our lives down for all mankind. Look, your life is secured in Him. Can you imagine if the people of God would be so ferocious in their love they would not protect their own lives? 
huh, I think there's a verse like that somewhere. Let's see, they love not their lives even unto death. Isn't there a verse like that? Oh, that's right, they overcame the devil. How was it? By the blood of the Lamb. Oh, and what does that blood speak of? Righteousness. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. My testimony is I love Jesus. Who do you share a testimony with? Everybody. And they love not their lives even unto death. This is what Christ followers do. You are the breath of God. He put it in you. He, he put the able in you. As long as you have breath in your life, you are able. Get it? As long as you have breath, you are able. As long as you have breath, the meaning of his name, you are able. Guard your worship to God by being your brother's keeper. Let's bow our heads. God, I pray that our very bones have been rattled this morning. I pray for every spirit of Cain to be broken out of us. If there is any aspect of my life that images Cain, oh God, call it out right now. Call it out right now. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Sin at my heart's door. Call it out. I don't want to be Cain. I want to be Abel who brings the offering that is pleasing to you. That my blood would be speaking the blood of righteousness and speaking the blood of Jesus. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. I can't walk by another person without recognizing I owe them my life, the love of God. How you are going to change this world, how you're going to bring the greatest revival that the world has ever known is through a church that will lay down its life in the love of God for others. We all want to move with the Spirit, but God's not going to move in the spirit of Cain. His breath moves in Abel. God, we claim to have the breath of God. As long as we have breath, we are able. I pray right now for everyone here that you will ask God to transform your thinking into the mind of Christ. Let's stand together this morning. Just lift your hands up. You're at the altar. You are at the altar with God right now. And you're to bring an offering to Him. Will it be by Cain? Just going through the motions or will it be by Abel? You will be your brother's keeper. 
You'll be mindful of the condition of others. And may I say this, some of you are like, well, pastor, I'm in such need, how could I care for somebody else? I'm going to tell you that the ladder out of your need is to care for others. The way to get out past your pain, the way to get out past whatever you're lacking is to begin giving. It's, it's a paradox of the kingdom, but it is reality. If you would begin caring, the care comes back to you. And so I would pray this mindset. I believe we've had a holy moment here this morning. And I believe God has, has brought a correction to the church in such a loving way for us to move with such compassion. Take your place. Be the guardians, the keepers of your brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen.